one for podcasting. The PSAs you hear on Miller and Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Two, welcome back, Miller and Condon. Five minutes after the hour of eleven o'clock, it's Des Moines Sports Station, fourteen sixty KXNO, one hundred six point three on the FM dial. Uh, coming up, we'll talk to Matt Manasseri. Going to focus on the locals that will uh, participate or hope to hear their name called uh, in. Not next week, the following week's NFL drafts. So we'll get into that with Matt Manasarian. Barbecue giveaway in about 40 minutes. We'll give four of you an opportunity to win some Claxons barbecue. Right now, Tom Kakert, HawkeyeReport.com, Kinnick Stadium. They're throwing the gates open tomorrow, allowing fans into the building for the first time since November of 2019. There will be fans at Kinnick Stadium watching the open practice. And then another opportunity uh, two weeks from then on May the first Saturday, first Saturday in May. Tom Caker joins us. Hello, Tom, Trent, and Ken. How are you? Doing, doing well. And uh, yeah, I had to look it up what the last game was at Kinnick in 2019 when there were like fans, not just family members there. And it was the Illinois game. That was wild. So Keith Duncan, four field goals in that one. <laughs> nice. uh, Nate Stanley threw for over 300 yards. Uh, seems like a long time ago, right? Stanley yeah. still he's still a Viking, I was right? Like, I was like, remember him, Nate Stanley? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe he's still on the Vikings roster. Is he? Right? Yeah, I think uh, maybe practice squad. Yeah. Is he? Is he Tom? Do you know? Yeah, he's still he's still with the Vikings. Good so, stuff. Um, hopefully, he gets a you know gets a better feel for things this year, an opportunity because uh, last year was just so hard to kind of get a feel development wise yep. from him. No doubt about it. Well, let's save football for a second. I want to go back to, to, to basketball. From the news earlier this week, uh, Trent and I are really getting to it for the first time, which is not a good look on our part. But um, So Joe Wieskamp is going to enter the draft, but he's not going to hire an agent. Fran McCaffrey says his yeah. son Connor McCaffrey, his second surgery. First one went well. Second one is a couple of days from now. Uh, so there's – by the sounds of things, Coach McCaffrey said Connor will be ready to go in November. There was some talk that maybe – Maybe he was just going to focus on uh, baseball. Uh, so let's start with Joe Wieskamp, first of all. Um, he's, he's going to do as he should, put his name, uh, get the feedback. Uh, where does it go from here, Tom? What's the What do you think happens after that? Yeah, I, I think this is probably the, the last we've seen of uh, Joe Wieskamp in an Iowa uniform. I, so this how it's kind of trended all year uh, from what I've heard is um, Joe's just kind of ready to to test things out and to and to go play professionally now i know people say oh he's not going to get drafted oh he's not going to get this or that i think he's just ready uh, it was important in his uh, thing that jumped out at me when he um issued his statement was I, i'm graduating this summer mm-hmm. that just told me everything i needed to know mm-hmm. that he's kind of he's kind of telling everybody read between the lines i'm done with college i'm not playing with an agent yet but i'm going to end up doing that and i've heard he was already out um you know in las vegas like a week ago uh working with some trainers and stuff so i i kind of think he's um he's on his way to the professional ranks where are we at with jordan bohan that's a great question it initially well if this legislation passes he'll be back it didn't and it's not going to so 
Is this a crack open? Is it still he's contemplating? Where's Bohannon, you think, his thought process? I thought Jordan kind of boxed himself in in his statement, yeah. just basically give me this or I'm done right. uh, and move it on. And maybe that's where he's at, is that if it wasn't going to happen, then he wasn't going to, he was just going to move on. Um, you know, that was one of the questions I asked Fran uh, the other day, just about Jordan and what he's, those discussions are, and he just kind of punted a little bit, just saying, well, you know, I've talked about it, and just kind of waiting. And he feels, I, I think something's coming soon, and where Jordan's going to announce something one way or the other. And the other thing was later, I, I believe it was Michael Oss followed up with him and with Fran and asked about how that might impact other players. And Fran's answer was interesting, where he said, well, all those guys have an extra year now, too. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that was interesting. Uh, that, you know, he kind of went down that path um, with, uh, you know, I, I was thinking specifically of Joe Toussaint, who's probably, you know, been waiting for a couple of years for this opportunity. And right. now he doesn't know if he's going to, you know, if Jordan Bohannon's back, how does that impact him? Um, you know, I think that's probably something you gotta, you gotta think about. And that's one of the, the perils of being a college basketball coach or a college football coach this year is you've got a massage situation mm-hmm. like never before because as we saw yesterday it's finally official that's what's been going on for a year where you can leave at the drop of a hat and you don't have to get approval or anything and you can jump in the portal and find a new home yeah it's it's uh it's going to be interesting to watch it all uh well they'll sell a lot of programs at games early uh in the season if nothing else so tom back to jordan bohannon because i thought there was no way he's going to play again do you feel it's now 50 50 with the response that mccaffrey gave is it 50 50 40 60 he doesn't play where were you where are you i i i had heard a couple weeks ago and this was before jordan put a statement out that he was 100 percent coming back that was what I'd heard, um, that he had taken steps, um, you know, place to live, everything like that, that he was coming back. And I think everything that's happened with the legislation has kind of maybe put that back to 50-50 at this wow. point. So now we'll just wait and see what happens with uh, with Jordan and his decision. Let's go to uh, possibilities that still could come there. Start with Philippe Rabraca. I believe you talked with him earlier this week, the latest on the big man from North Dakota. And then secondly, a name that's been bandied about on your board at HawkeyeReport.com, Joey Brunk, a guy, Butler, Indiana, has had some back injuries, a big guy, 6'11", 250, the latest on those two prospects. And any other names? Yeah, Rabraca is, I think he's really interested in Iowa, and I think if Iowa really pushes, they could probably get him. Uh, he just seems uh, certainly very interested. Um, uh, uh, Sabian Sims is one of his teammates up at North Dakota, who's an Iowa City West kid, played with Patrick McCaffrey at high school level. So um, he's, I think, got a pretty good feel of what, what life was like with uh, at Iowa City and Fran and everything else. So um, Joey Brunk's really interesting. He is a kid that Iowa offered out of high school, um, went to Butler and then transferred to Indiana. Um, yeah, he's a kid. I, I, um, went and saw down at an AU tournament in Atlanta one year. Um, and he's, you know, bigger. I, I kind of compared him today to Austin Davis a little bit, the kid from Michigan, the backup center. Um, just, you know, he, he I think he's limited. He got, um, 
he's had back surgery. Um, he's coming back from that. Uh, I had that surgery in December. So I think medicals will be important, but, um, you know, he's got some skill. He's a big man. He, he, he could guard posts and, uh, uh, physically he's there. So, um, you know, he could probably give you 20, 25 minutes a night uh, and, and be pretty competent as a, as a post player. And I, I think there's, uh, you know, the minute he went in the transfer portal, I said, that's the kind of kid that I think mm-hmm. I was probably going to end up with. And so we'll see what happens. Uh, Tom, one more in basketball for me. Back to Connor McCaffrey. I was kind of in the camp that, you know, I wouldn't be a bit surprised if he focuses on baseball once he has these two surgeries. Listening to his dad, uh, sounds as though, you know, the first surgery went well, second one's coming up and plans to be back in November. So that tells me, uh, that the plan is to be on the floor in November. Yeah, that was one of the things I asked him when he's going. You know, is he going to be back in November? And he's like, "Yeah, he'll be, be ready to go." So, um, I, you know, I was surprised by that. I thought maybe it might take a little bit longer, but um, first surgery's in the books and it went well. And um, you know, second one's coming up next week, so I think he'll be, you know, ready to go as good as he can be. But that play, that's two major Jeez, surgeries yeah. on both your hips, and that we saw Jordan how much he struggled. Um, you know, after the first hip surgery when he tried to come back really quickly. So we'll see how uh, maybe Connor's got uh, better healing powers than Jordan. So uh, we go to football and what you're looking for tomorrow in the first of two open practices for the Hawkeyes. We know quarterback. I mean, that's going to be a big, big conversation. How much different, if at all different, does Spencer Petras look and how do the backups look? One thing that I, I find intriguing is that offensive line. We anticipated Mark Kallenberger was going to be a starter at tackle. That's not going to be the case. They have some injuries up there, especially the tackle spot. Who are some names you're going to be looking for in the offensive line as a whole? What are you looking for tomorrow? Yeah, I think that's uh, offense and defensive line beyond the quarterbacks are my, mm-hmm. my kind of two areas to uh, to really zone in on. And, and uh, offensive line, you know what you've got with, uh, with, with Linderbaum. You know what you've got with Kyler Schott, but... Uh, Beyond the tackle positions, wide open, Jack Plum. I'm looking at Mason Richmond a lot. Uh, Nick DeYoung, uh, who's a kid that's been on the two deeps in the last couple of years. So, young player who's, uh, I think they're very high on. Um, but, uh, you know, here's the other thing, guys. It's a different coach. Um, you know, mm-hmm. George Barnett may have different eyes for, for a guy that yep. than Tim Polisek did. And sometimes that's a good thing, but um, it's just going to be interesting to see how that kind of shakes out. Tyler Ellsbury is another kid that I, I'm really anxious to see too. I, you know, Sean Considine uh, coached him in, in high school and uh, just raves about him. So um, I, I think he's another one that, uh, that uh, Iowa fans should, should uh, keep an eye out on. Uh, and he's behind the shooter, right? He's behind shot. Yeah, but I, I think he's, he's one of those guys that could play garden tackle. And that's the thing that Iowa does. I think they're going to shuffle a lot of guys, in and out at guard and tackle and just kind of see what combo finds uh, uh, finds finds a home and then try and find the five best guys. And I think you know two of them, uh, maybe three. Um, I, you know, I, I wonder if Justin Britt's kind of nursing something because we haven't seen him in any of the photos. Mm. So, um, But I, I would think he's probably a, a guard starter, but it's just going to be how you sort out that tackle position. 
Tom, uh, defensively, you mentioned the defensive line. I'm getting more and more intrigued by Deontay Craig. And we haven't heard a ton about this guy. Probably most people's first time really seeing him in action tomorrow. A guy that was very highly regarded in the recruiting circles. He was a four-star coming out from Indianapolis. I believe the top-ranked kid in Indiana uh, his senior year. Thoughts on him? And even if he's not a full-time player, is he a guy that can go out there and maybe at least be a third-down specialist here early in his career? Yeah, I, I think that might be where he first kind of gets his, his toes wet um, as a player is is off the edge. He's he's fairly raw. You know, he was a really good basketball player, too. Um, he played with uh, at Culver Academy, and he played with, uh, you know, remember uh, the kid that's actually Galloway? He, he played with him at, at the high school level in basketball. And Craig was a really good basketball player, so he's got – you know, kind of the quick twitch athleticism that basketball players have. And um, I think he's, you know, going to give him something off the edge. Uh, so I look for him. Um, I'm really intrigued by Yahweh Black yeah. uh, tackle and see what he can do. Um, you know, Kirk said last year at the end of the year that sometimes he plays too nice. And uh, um, I asked Jay Neiman about that the other day, and he kind of smiled and said he, they, it seems like they've kind of fixed that. So, um you know, I'm interested, intrigued to see what he can do as well. Uh, well, of course, one of the more uh, popular spots on any roster is that backup QB and Padilla and Deuce Hogan. What do you think they'll have those two do tomorrow? And will will be will you leave Kinnick tomorrow with a better idea of you know who might ultimately prevail behind Petrus? Yeah, I think both looks. I think you know this one and then the first. I think. With both those looks, I think we'll be able to conclude, is Padilla going to hold off Hogan? Ken O'Keefe was kind of more Padilla than Hogan, but it kind of left the door open. So I think they're letting letting Petrus get pushed a little bit here this spring as well, just kind of equal reps. And um, But Petrus, you know, um, Tyrone Tracy was bragging about him the other day that, you know, yeah, he even said, yeah, he struggled with accuracy early last year, but he's been on the money with his throws in spring. So um, I I think, uh, I think that's coming along for him, but um, that's where all the eyes are going to be is, you know, I, but I think a lot of people have just made up their mind on Petrus after those first couple games. And they're just like going to focus on, what he does wrong instead of, Mm. you know, how he did, he did take strides at the end of the year. No question. Yep. It was better at the end of the year than than the beginning of the year. It felt like that Illinois game, it was trending to maybe the end of the Petrus era, and here we are. <laughs> yeah, And it feels like he's got a stranglehold on the job, how quickly uh, things can Wish change. Wish he would have gotten Michigan in a bowl game yeah. right, for his development. Yep, a little bit more, and maybe a couple of blowouts. Could have saw Padilla in a blowout yeah. game in either of those ones. We wrap up with this, Tom. I know you, year after year, do a lot with Chuck Long and the charity auction over there in the Quad Cities. Virtual again this year, but I've already uh, taken a look. You guys have a lot of really cool stuff up for auction here, so don't have to be from the Quad Cities. People here in Central Iowa want to get involved. Certainly a great thing that you guys do. Fill us in a little bit and some of the cool items you have up for auction this year. I appreciate you guys letting me talk about that because I'm just really involved with the Children's Therapy Center here in the Quad Cities, and it provides free services to families who can't afford it um, for for uh, therapy, um, you know, physical therapy that they all, those kids need. And Chuck has been, this is 24 years Chuck's done this. Oh, good and, for him. Uh, does it for free. He doesn't take any any uh, 
you know, he, he has a special needs brother, so he it's, it's something that's uh, near and dear to his heart. And uh, they had some cool things. I mean, last year we had these Hayden Fry helmets, and, you know, Coach Fry no longer with us, but they had him sign these these um, you know, really unique helmets with his kind of cartoon Hayden on the side of them, Iowa helmets. And, um, you know, we've got a couple of those left. Uh, there's some Rose Bowl helmets that Chuck and some of his teammates have signed. Mm. Um, there's George Kittle mini helmet, uh, Noah Fant Broncos helmet uh, uh, signed, uh, AJ Vanessa Bills helmet that's signed. Nice. Uh, a lot of, a lot of baskets, a lot of uh, adult beverage things nice. too. So, um, yeah, there's something for everybody in uh, in this. And, and yeah, I've got a story up on our our front page. People can click on that uh, and uh, and go right to the page, and you can bid. Uh, right now, it's open for bidding until May 1st when uh, bidding ends. Well, we will have you remind folks of that uh, in a week's time when you talk to us then and prior to that. Um, so HawkeyeReport.com right on the main landing page, Tom, is the best and easiest way to access it? Yeah, yeah, it's right on the front page. You'll see the, the, the special Hayden helmet there uh, on the story, and you can just click on it, and there's a there's a hyperlink in there that takes you right to the page. You can It takes like two minutes to register, and you can bid right on your phone. Enjoy your time in Kinnick Stadium tomorrow, Tom Kaker. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you. All right. Thanks, guys. Yep, good to talk to you. Tom Kaker at HawkeyeReport.com. HawkeyeReport.com, the landing page, if you're so interested to, to a bit on that. Glad you brought it up, Trent. Yeah, Noah Fant uh, signed Broncos. I helmet. heard I, I, that. Yeah. Ears perked up over there a little bit. Yeah. Tristan Wirth's autographed mini helmet. What a year he had, yes. right? Jesus. I, Possible Hall oh. of Famer? <laughs> I mean, he was, what did he give up? One sack? One sack. And he, got and he a, didn't miss a snap. No. He got beat up a little bit against the Bears and Khalil Mack. It was early. Uh-huh. That was week five, I think that was. I don't remember. Outside of that, dude was a stud. Oh. And gets a ring. Mm-hmm. When they reconvene sometime in the week's ahead. Unbelievable. All right, Ty, we uh, can't give you a ring, but we can give you a chance to win $1,000. That's right. It's time for another $1,000 home run. Enter the keyword sports at KXNO.com for your chance to win $1,000. That's sports. When we come back, we will talk to Matt Menesarian. We're 20 minutes away from Claxons. Miller and Condon till noon, 1460 KXNO, 106. Trent Condon here with you. There's two kinds of rental property owners. The do-it-yourself guy and the renter's warehouse guy. You know DIY guy. He insists on handling everything himself, even if it makes him miserable. Renter's warehouse guys are a lot happier because they let my friends at renter's warehouse handle all their property management headaches. Like when a tenant clogs a crapper, DIY guy grabs a plunger, heads over, opens the lid, and nearly passes out. Renner's Warehouse guy, he lets Renner's Warehouse handle it. When tenants are late with rent, DIY guy interrupts his workday to call them, email them, text them, until he's wasted his entire day. While Renner's Warehouse guy lets Renner's Warehouse handle it. And when a tenant has an emergency at 3 in the morning, DIY guy has to roll out of bed and handle it himself. Because when you're a DIY landlord, your tenant's problems are always your problems. Renner's Warehouse guy, he sleeps soundly through the night when it comes to your property management let renters warehouse handle it get your free rental price analysis at RentersWarehouse.com today that's RentersWarehouse.com today or call 515-528-4429 you can see it picture it the building you've always wanted an expansion of your existing business a new retail center where your growth really begins to take off you've got the vision but now what 
Now you can act with Graphite Construction Group. Formerly Roshan Corporation of Iowa, Graphite Construction Group is the partner you want to match your vision. From the moment you first connect to long after the build is complete, nobody does it better than Graphite Construction Group. See why at Graphite GR. New episodes. Iowa AAU has partnered with Jam On It Basketball Academy, the premier AAU event operator in the country, to bring to Des Moines the AAU Midwest Basketball Championships. Games will be played at the Iowa Convention Center and surrounding gyms. June 4 to 6 for the girls, 11th through the 13th for the boys. The event will attract teams from around the country. For more information, please visit aauiowa.com and jamonit.org. To be the best, you must play the best. AAU Midwest Basketball Championships, June 4 through 6 for the girls all today. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM, this is KXNO. on the FM dial. Claxon's giveaway in about 15 minutes or thereabouts. Right now, former scout for the Saints and the Browns, Matt Manassarian, a part of the Sports Info Solutions Football Rookie Handbook. We're going to get into some of the locals uh, as we talk to Matt. Matt Trenton, Ken, as always, we sure appreciate you coming on as we inch our way to the draft. Two weeks from today, we'll be talking about what happened in the first round and getting ready for Friday and Saturday. Uh, Before we get to the locals, Matt, uh, just the the quarterback things fascinates me. I think there's going to be five that go very early. I know a lot of folks uh, uh, truly believe that that is going to be the case, maybe as high in the first 10. But then it gets interesting when it comes to quarterbacks. What happens after that? Is there another one that works his way into the first round? Maybe a Mon, maybe a Trask. Um, Who's after the big five? Who's the next to go? And could it possibly be at the end of round one? Yeah, after the big five, I think that the next kind of tier of players that we look at there is Kyle Trask out of Florida, a guy with a little bit more stature, more arm strength, a little bit less movement skills. Uh, You mentioned Kellen Mond out of Texas A&M, certainly also somebody who's in that ballpark. I think there are a lot of people that uh, don't know what to make of Kellen Mond. He's had some some really rough seasons and had some really good seasons. So um, being able to figure out if he can be more of what he was Kind of uh, in 2020 when he was when he was performing a little bit better from a passing standpoint, I, I think that'll make a big difference there. Uh, but the guy that I think is probably going to be the top quarterback after those first five is David Mill, David, Davis Mills out of Stanford. Mm-hmm. He ranks as the seventh quarterback based on the Football Rookie Handbook rankings. But I think he's getting some interest in him because even though he's only started 11 games, he's a guy that has all of the sort of skills and traits that you look for in a quarterback where. If you're one of these coaches that wants kind of a, a ball of clay, uh, Davis Mills is something that you can work with there. Uh, you know, you've got the size, you've got some good accuracy, at least in the short part of the field. Um, just the natural talent and the ability to really spin the football, uh, it just comes down to he hasn't shown it a lot on the film. When, you know, when he's been on the field, it hasn't been great, and it hasn't been on the field uh, so often to begin right. with. So for always you're going to get a split here where the scouts are going to say, I don't know, he's got to prove it to me. But there are going to be coaches that come along that really think that they can they can teach anybody to be good. And uh, it, like I said, in terms of a ball of clay to work with, Davis Mills is is probably uh, as attractive as you get after those first five. Justin Fields. It felt like after the college football playoff, he was 
Alak is the number two guy. Mm-hmm. Here we are. Now he might be the number five guy. What is the knock? What's the, the belief that at least you can buy into why maybe so many teams are not enamored with his talent? Well, you know, I think right now there are just so many smoke screens going on that we've got to really check ourselves. So I think that there's a perception, and, and I've bought into it mostly, that, that Matt Jones is the guy that Kyle Shanahan traded up for to go from 12 to 3. And, uh, you know, if you listen to the Chris Sims of the world, who obviously has his relationship, and um, there's a lot of smoke to that rumor that that could be Mac Jones there. But I'm also starting to get to a point where I'm kind of not buying it. I don't know why somebody as smart as Kyle Shanahan would trade up from 12 to 3 to draft a quarterback that he could have gotten at 12 already. And so I'm not ruling out the possibility that it will be Justin Fields going there at number 3. He's our second-ranked quarterback still. Uh, all the stuff that happens in the offseason that makes guys, you know, go down and up draft boards, that doesn't impact us because what we're looking at is the performance on the field and using that as the basis of our evaluations, uh, which is a surprisingly rare thing that people do. You know, for all the mock drafts that are out there, it's a lot more based on 40 times and stuff like that than it is uh, the actual performance that we saw on the field. Like you said, uh, in, in the, the semifinals, the game that he put up was just absolutely ridiculous. In terms of the warts, I don't know what it is. Um, he's got size. He's as good an athlete as there is at the quarterback position uh, coming out in, in, in a few years. Um, he's got accuracy deep. He's got accuracy short. Arm strength to make every throw you'd ask for. He's a really talented runner with the football in his hands. So if you want to fit him in that sort of an, an offense, it's very hard to find a trade on the field that you don't like. If you want to get really nitpicky and say uh, there were times, there were a couple of games that he put on the film this past year where teams were having an ability to kind of uh, trick him in certain ways and uh, force some bad performances and uh, some interceptions out of him, some bad reads that he made. He did go through that um, for a couple of games earlier in the year. Um, there's no doubt about it on the film. But um, I, I think it's hard. you're hard-pressed to find a quarterback that doesn't have games like that. Um, you know, Trevor Lawrence, for as perfect as he is, he's still not perfect. Uh, you know, everybody's got their own work. Um, Justin Fields... If, if I have to guess, you know, hearing things, you hear uh, certain questions that people have about character. Mm-hmm. I just go back to, I don't know what's a smokescreen. You know, if, it, if it's true and, you know, it turns out that Justin Fields has poor work ethic, hopefully the people that have been in there, the scouts that, that I used to work with that are now in these facilities all the time, they're getting a feel for that and they're understanding that. But I think there's just as good a chance that it's a bunch of stuff trying to spread rumors about a player to get him fall down to fall down lower in the draft because every time a good player drops, that's just that's good for all the teams that, that wanted to get him. No doubt so about that. I'm just not buying it anymore. Matt Manner-Sainer is our guest. Let's get to some of the locals. Uh, we talked to you about Dylan Sainer from Iowa State last week. We did not uh, mention Lawrence White. You know, I reading I read the Lawrence White page earlier, and, and every one of these uh, athletes gets an entire page devoted to themselves. This is a, an extensive, extensive publication. Um, reading uh, what you guys had to say about Lawrence White, it seems like you, you believe that there's a position for him. There's a place on a team uh, for the for, now former Cyclone, maybe late-round pick, maybe free agent, but with special teams and what he can do there, uh, you guys at Sports Info Solutions wouldn't be surprised at all if Lawrence White makes a roster. Yeah, you know, we think that this is a player that you might have looked at as a sort of tweener in the past, a guy that really from a size perspective kind of looks like more of a corner than somebody that you'd expect to play at safety. But with the way the NFL defenses are changing, they're actually looking more like college defenses, looking more like what you'll find at, at Iowa State. 
you get these kind of overhang players, these guys that aren't quite safeties, aren't quite linebackers. There's almost no such thing as a strong safety or a weak side linebacker in the NFL at this point. There are these kind of hybrid players. We used to call them tweeners. Now we got roles for them all over the place because um, with a lot of these quarters coverages that you need to do to control some of these high-powered offenses, having guys that, that can hang in that role, that can play kind of interchangeably between the slot and the box and, and impact your defense that way, all of a sudden Lawrence White is a, is a really nice fit for that sort of role, the role that I think Honey Badger has really carved out and does it better than anybody else. I don't think Lawrence White has any chance of being that level of a player. But in terms of a guy that can be a backup, that can fit in as a nickel or dime safety in the early going, and like you said, the play speed that he has will allow him to be a plus special teams player. That's where he's initially going to make his mark on the next level. And then it's a matter of uh, you know trying to get the defensive performance up to the level uh, that you'd expect for somebody with the play speed that you see for him. Um, because this is an, an, an elite player, uh, you know, especially if you're going to ask him to do traditional safety things. Davion Nixon from Iowa put in the tape from last year. Dude's an All-American. Dude can play. Character issues, though, continue to be brought up. He was in the transfer portal. There was questions, something that happened in a dorm room early in his Iowa career. Had to leave the program and came back because of great issues. Where are you when you uh, look at Davion Nixon? Talent is there. Do you believe some of the character questions that are out there? Yeah, he's, uh, the talent's absolutely there, and that's what we do in the handbook is we grade the player and the talent, and we, you know, we, mark, we note the injury stuff. We don't get too much into character because we just, frankly, don't have the, the good vantage point to be able to, to really talk about Davion Nixon's character besides what we see in terms of the effort that he plays with on the football field and sort of his motor and things like this. Listen, this guy's got all kinds of talent. I think you know it. I think everybody knows it. Um, the question will be, um, you really only have two years of seeing him play, really one year as a starter. Um, like you mentioned, it's been kind of in and out. Uh, it was at Iowa Western Community College uh, before he made it out uh, to Iowa. So um, the, the path that he's kind of walked to get to this point um, has been a little bit shaky. But in terms of the ability and, and what we see from a talent standpoint, I'd, I'd be really curious to hear what those, what those character evaluations are when you really go into the school and you talk to those coaches, what the story is there. Because talent-wise, I think there's a lot to work with, and, and I'd be excited to have him uh, on my team. Uh, let's stay with Iowa. Sean Byers, a guy we haven't asked you about. Of course, he's not Noah Fant. He's not Hawkinson. He's not Kittle. But he's a, he's a kid who's got a chance, I think. You've got a, uh, a really good write-up on him, and sounds as though that uh, you feel that there's a place for Sean Byer. And let's be honest, Iowa's has done very well sending tight ends to the league. Will Byer make it? Yeah, I mean, this is a pure backup, so I don't think anybody's ever going to look at Byer as a starter, but he can come into the league, and one thing that tight ends coaches, offensive lines coaches, you're looking for tight ends that have blocking ability. It's such a rare thing to find at this point, um, and that's what you're going to get with Byer. You're going to get a guy who, who walks in the door and has the ability to block from the tight end position, uh, whether it be in the pass game or in the run game. Uh, everything that you look for in terms of that sort of ability it's just, you know, this isn't a guy who's going to be able to split out wide for you. This isn't a guy who's going to be, uh, you know, one of your special move tight ends that's really going to be uh, putting a lot of pressure on the defense. The defense will be able to match him with a linebacker, right, from a personnel standpoint. The really special tight ends put you in a bind. Do I, do, I, do I defense him with a linebacker or do I put an extra defensive back in the field? And that's, that's the uh, mismatch ability that we talk about with tight ends. It's none of that with Sean Byer, but, 
But if he finds a role, it'll be because he's a, a pure blocking tight end. You know, find find some ways to, to get here and there, uh, really just like it, it was at Iowa. Not a ton of perception, but, but here and there, the ability to, to go out and catch a, a short pass. But mostly it's all about what this what he can do in the run game. Um, and, and he's going to have to carve out the niche as a blocker if he's going to make it. You're sitting in the sixth round, and you need a wide receiver, and there's only two available. <laughs> They're both Hawkeyes. Brandon Smith or Amir Smith-Marset. Who are you taking? Ooh, it's, it's a little bit, uh, you know, like what's what's uh, what's my need? Because mm-hmm. you get a little bit of a different flavor with, with each of these two guys. But in terms of the grade ranking, we would go with Smith-Marset um, above, above him. And the idea there is just the athleticism, the high-end athletic ability. I know we've seen the issues with his hands over the years. We've got him with 17 drops over the last four years against 110 receptions. Not very good at all uh, when you look in, into those sort of things. That said, um, he's a guy that can put pressure on the defense because of his athleticism, because of his play speed. So despite that, uh, I don't like his toughness. Um, I, I don't see him as a guy that, that um, aside from being a kickoff returner, I don't really see him as having the toughness that, that I look at to contribute on special teams. But if I'm looking for somebody that can help put some vertical stress on the defense, again, a backup-level player, not a starting-level player at all, but um, I'd probably bet on that upside before I go with a little bit more of a, a safer pick, I think, with, with Brandon Smith, where I, I have a good sense of what he can do. I just don't know if it's going to move the needle on an NFL level. Uh, there are two UNI Panthers. we got like a minute and a half left. Two, uh, two Panthers that may get an opportunity. The offensive tackle, Spencer Brown, who's, who's a big, big man. And then uh, Smith, who's, uh, I guess, an edge rusher. Um, of those two UNI Panthers, who has the best chance to make an NFL roster? Well, you know, it's always going to be uh, an, an uphill battle. Uh, Spencer Brown has a great chance just because of the size. The size is so elite. He's a verified six foot eight and a half. Jeez. Um, I mean, and, uh, you know, he can bench a house. And they talk up his work ethic a lot, I know I know from the school. Again, this is a guy, um, you know, he's he's not somebody that has the, the reactive athleticism that we'd look for, where I think he's, he's a shoo-in and, and going to be right there as a starter. But I think he's a guy that has a chance just because of his size. Um, I, I think that um, anytime you see somebody with that sort of an athlete, like look at Orlando Brown coming out a couple of years ago. He didn't have any sort of athletic testing numbers. He dropped in the draft because of that. And all he's done has been a really good tackle for the Baltimore Ravens since he came in the league. Again, this is not that level of a prospect. But um, in terms of uh, going back to something that you can mold and work with, um, I think there's something there. In terms of Ellison Smith, we probably like him a little bit better. I think again, you look at a guy, he's six foot six and a half. So the length that he plays with, and uh, the natural tool that he has there in terms of just being able to keep players off of him, and then the athleticism, the speed to come off the edge, a little bit of bendability. Um, not a high end edge like I was saying before, but he certainly got a chance, whether it be as, as a three four outside backer or, or a four three, where he's really playing as, as a right defensive end. Um, I don't think again, I don't, I don't see high-end ability here, but um, for a guy with, with just the long levers that he has and the ability to keep people off of him because of that um, because of that height and the height-weight speed, right? We, we, when we go back to old-school scouting, height-weight speed, he's got some of those, and that's going to give him a chance. 
Matt Manasarian Sports Info Solutions. It's a terrific read. It's a long read, but if you're a fan of the uh, draft, uh, that is a Bible, no doubt about it. Good stuff, well, you, Matt Manasarian. You don't have to take it all at once, right? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Absolutely. Good stuff, Matt. Thanks for coming on. Appreciate talking to you. Thanks for having me, guys. Looking forward to the draft. Indeed. Good to talk to you, Matt. Manasarian. Excellent stuff. Got the Panthers in there. Uh, seem to get everybody. Good stuff. Always. Yep. Matt is... Not as good. You know, both the you and I guys you mentioned too, Ellerson Smith weighed 190 pounds in high school. Did he really? That's why, of course, the Gophers didn't offer him. Right. And uh, and the Brown kid, well, A, he is playing eight-player football Lennox. I'm dominating my assumption. He was 6'8", 215 pounds. Yeah. You look at that frame, can you really put on good weight? Yeah, seems like he did. And both those guys have a real chance now of being taken. Third round, maybe the highest for both of them. Oh, I don't know about that. I mean, I think the first the first hawk taken or the first player from the state taken will be in the third round. Yeah, Nixon. Right. the The questions about maturity a big part. And, How and did I, a Penn State return. Well, yeah. I mean, in terms of on the field, oh. there's no doubt. I I think he's a first rounder, a late first rounder. But I think that he is that talented. But there are the other questions mm-hmm. that remain. Listening to the guy, listening to him after that return and him getting on with Dolph and, and Podolak after the game, he was just, you could tell, all smiles oh, after absolutely. that one. I don't know much about Davis Mills because we didn't see the Pac-12 play yep. this year. I mean, yeah. very little, right? Mm-hmm. When did they start? Like the first weekend in November? I think that's what it was, I think yeah. it was, too. All right, let's do it. First four callers right now, 284 284 Five nine six six. We will give you an opportunity to play for some barbecue. If you're getting a ring, that means you're in. Now you haven't. Uh, you've had to take the month off. It's a month between opportunities, whether you win or whether you participate. Uh, we'll take the first four callers again. If you're getting a ring, that means you're in. Claxon's Barbecue giveaway next. Fourteen sixty KXNO and one hundred six point dot com for guarantee details. All right, welcome back. Final couple of minutes of the week. We save it on a Friday to give away some barbecue to four of our listeners putting up with us during the week. Give an opportunity to try and feed a couple of you. Claxon's Barbecue, 3131 8th Street Southwest in Altoona. ClaxonBBQ.com. ClaxonBBQ.com in business in Altoona for 25 years. David, Jeff, Bill, and Jason will give you four games or props. Uh, if you get the most right, you'll win a $35 gift certificate. The runner-up, 25 Our tiebreaker, home runs tonight in Major League Baseball. So be thinking of that. There are 15 games. Home runs tonight. Major League Baseball is the tiebreaker closest without going over. David is first. David, welcome to the program. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Uh, tomorrow, Drake is a four-and-a-half-point favorite over Presbyterian. Drake. Uh, Atlanta or the Cubs in Sunday night baseball? Atlanta. Uh, Dodgers and the Padres have a three-game series this weekend in San Diego. Who wins the series? Uh, Will Nelson Cruz or Byron Buxton hit a home run this weekend in Anaheim? No. Uh, Tiebreaker, David. Home runs tonight. 15 games. Major League Baseball closest without going over. 21. David, have a good weekend. Thank you. Uh, Jeff is next. Hi, Jeff. Hey, Ken, you know, I feel like I should have won an award for being on twice in a day. You know, you know, Murphy went to the award for being on twice, you know, doing. Th- I should win an award. You know what? If I was him, I'd turn it down. Honest to God. 
<laughs> the entire Midwest, you do two games, and you're the play-by-play voice of the year. I'd turn it down. Uh, Drake is a four-and-a-half-point favorite over Presbyterian. Give me the Bulldog. Atlanta or the Cubs on Sunday night? Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> I'll take Atlanta. All right. Dodgers and the Padres. Who wins that three-game set? Give me the Dodgers. Cruz or Buxton, do they hit a home run? Yeah. Uh, home runs tonight, Jeff. Closest without going over. 20. Thanks, Jeff. Have a good weekend. Bye-bye. Appreciate it. Uh, Bill is next. Bill, how are you? Good, guys. How are you? Good. Uh, Drake's a four-and-a-half-point favorite over Presbyterian. I'm going to go Presbyterian. All right. Taking the points. Braves or Cubs on Sunday night? Cubs. Dodgers-Padres win the three-game set. Dodgers. Cruz or Buxton hit a home run this weekend? They do. All right. And uh, home runs tonight in MLB. Closest without going over, Bill. 27. Bill, have a good weekend. Thank you. You too. Thank Pre- you, guys. Appreciate it. And uh, Jason wraps things up. Hi, Jason. Hey, Ken. How are you? Good, thank you. Uh, Drake's a four-and-a-half-point favorite over Presbyterian. Drake. Atlanta or the Cubs? Uh, Atlanta, Sunday night. Uh, okay. Uh, Dodgers-Padres, three-game set. Who wins it? Dodgers. Cruz or Buxton, who will they hit a home run? Yes. Home runs in t- uh, tonight, Major League Baseball, Jason. 24. Good to hear from you, Jason. Have a good weekend. You do the same, Kim. Thank you, buddy. Good to talk to you, Jason. Uh, wraps things up and wraps up Claxons for another week. You've got your helper with you, Jack's first <laughs> appearance at KXNO. Yeah, he's uh, he's in here doing his thing, and uh, we got Frozen 2 on, so his favorite movie, <laughs> nice. and trying to keep him occupied for oh, the next minute or so. And it's been a long two weeks as he's been out of daycare, but... Back at it on Monday and looking forward to that as dad can officially get back to work full time. No, it's, it's good to see him in there. Either when your daughter's spending time with uh-huh. us or your son Jack's spending time with us. I remember those days and wish I had them back. Yeah. <laughs> it was a long time ago, but fun time. Uh, what have you got this weekend? Uh, yard work. Ugh, a lot of brutal. yard work. Yeah. That means earbuds, baseball on the radio. Yeah. I, I well, do that's like, not bad. I, do, I really enjoy. That's my favorite old man thing, yeah. is doing yard work and just listening to a ball game. Yeah. Oh, man. Good stuff. Well, enjoy the weekend, whatever you are doing. I hope you've got some time this afternoon to keep the radio on, because Murph and Andy will be in at 1. The Fanatics slide in at 3. And then on Monday, sadly, you'll be here before we know it. Another week of uh, local program begins with the number one morning show of the market, The Morning Rush. Miller and Condon, weekdays 10 to noon on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM.